Welcome to episode 36 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. Were you over there, like, mocking me as we opened the show? I was not show? mocking you. I was mimicking you. Felt mocked. Just going to be honest. <laughs> My feels are hurt right here at the beginning of the show. Oh, hey, everybody. We're glad you're back for another episode. Um, appreciate you all tuning in and listening, and... Uh, Jonathan, uh, it's kind of a special special night of recording for us. Just if you to, say so. Just want to throw that out there to you. <laughs> Our show's a little late this week. Um, yes, but, very late. Um, we're using that as an opportunity to uh, talk about something special tonight. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it, Jonathan, and um, seeing what we can hash out tonight as we get into deep topic conversation yeah <laughs> i don't know what we're doing right now we're gonna keep rolling so yeah let's go today it's uh we're recording it's a wednesday night it's actually today is september 11th uh, oh, 18 years ago 18 years ago yeah we call it 9 11 obviously here in the united states but 18 years ago um greatest terrorist attack on the Soil of the United States that we've ever experienced. Lost thousands of people that day um, through the attack on the World Trade Centers. And so we wanted to use this opportunity, just because we're recording today, to talk about that event a little bit. Um, kind of just work out some maybe some feelings and emotions about it. And then kind of go into what happened after that. You know, the uh, what did people do to respond to the uh, to the attack, not military response or anything like that, but mm-hmm. a personal, emotional, spiritual type of response. So, Jonathan, that's what we're going to be talking the about. the military response is the one I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. I was ready to yep. blow, blow go, some stuff up. Go get them, you know. Yeah, yeah of course. And um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. So hopefully uh, y'all can join in on this conversation. We'd like to hear from y'all, obviously, as we... After we post this and, and share yeah. it on social media, we'd love to hear what y'all's thoughts are and and speak to some of this. But uh, and right off the bat, one thing I'd like I'd like everybody to do is it, wherever you saw this post about this new show, um, were uh, go back to that post on social media uh, and just leave a comment about where you were, like where you were, what you were doing, um, things that you just kind of remember about that day. Because I just just thinking through that today, man, I can remember exactly where I was. I remember so many different little things about that day. I remember the first time that I, like when it had happened and stuff, I remember looking down to see on a little calendar kind of thing I have or I had in my office at the time to see what the date was because I thought this is, this is going to be a date that, that will always be remembered. Yeah. And I remember seeing that it was nine one one, and I was like, "Man, that's that's weird." Right? You know, that such yeah. such um, atrocities happened on nine one one. 
So you were at work, Jonathan? Is that where you were? Yeah, I was at work in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Actually, in Johnson City, Tennessee. So how'd you hear about it? Like, what? What were you already watching the news, or did you somebody come say something? How'd you get in? Uh, the we worked next door to an insurance agent that, and we talked to him all the time. And he came over and asked us if we'd seen anything, and that's when we we kind of pulled it up on computers and stuff. And then <clears throat> somehow we got a TV in there. Actually, we might have been watching it in his office. And then one of the guys that worked there lived just like just a few blocks away. And I think he ran back to his house, grabbed his TV, and came back up to the office and plugged it up. And we we were sitting there watching it. And I remember all of us sitting there around the office watching it when when they actually when the towers actually fell. Because I just couldn't, like, I didn't know. At that point, I was like, what is going on? Because obviously, I, at that point, nobody knew that that's what was going to happen, you know, that they yeah. were going to fall like that. Yeah, I remember um, I was actually, I was living in Little Rock at the time, and uh, I was working for major retailer. And I didn't go to work till that night, so I woke up that morning. And I just remember getting up, normal day, and then turn on my TV. And it was at the point where the news was already on. And I was trying to catch up, and it was the point where the first plane had already hit the building, mm-hmm. obviously, because that's what started it. And they were still trying to figure out what happened. Like they yeah. didn't even know that it was a plane necessarily, yeah. thought it, or or thought that it was like a little passing, like a little yeah crop duster kind of you know little plane. And I remember just sitting there watching that, going, "Oh my goodness, I wonder what's going on." And then I remember seeing the second plane, like live on television, yeah. hit the building. And uh, and it's that moment you knew something was really yeah. really wrong, like you know that this was yeah. not an accident, you know that that we were under attack. And I remember just thinking, you know, I never been anything like that, you know. That was yeah. two thousand one. I was twenty, I guess two, I guess twenty three ish range. And I just remember thinking, well, I gotta start calling people, you know, just to see if you know what's going on. Just just want to talk about it and process it. And I remember. I went to work that night. I'm like, I remember sitting there watching it, and then I guess I never, in my mind, for some reason, I never thought the towers would collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought eventually the it's fires would go fires out, would or go out, or something. Know, yeah, I never imagined they would collapse, and then all of a sudden seeing that first one collapse, and then not too long later seeing that second one, and realizing how many people died at that moment. You know, yeah, and even then, I mean, because I remember reports then. You know, they kept saying, "Hey, this could be upwards of twenty thousand people in a in those buildings." You know, had they not already started evacuating and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it could have been ridiculous numbers. And then, of course, not not take away from anything from the other attacks, the Pentagon, mm-hmm. obviously, and then the the plane that was crashed, uh, that was, I guess, heading for the White House for the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And you know, about ninety three, and and. You just think about all the people that, that were heroes that day, all those that were running into the building to help other people get out, and the phone calls you heard about, and, and seeing people jump, you know, because they didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Just a horrifying experience and just a, a, a terrible emotional day. I remember going to work that night. There still was a lot of confusion on what was going on as far as are we under a major attack, What you know, what's going to be next. And I remember just sitting in that store, and there was nobody there. I mean, yeah. just a few people walked in and when they walked in they were just honestly looking for somebody to talk to that's mm-hmm. what that's what it felt like like just just to be around other people yeah 
And, uh, you know, it's a day that we'll always obviously remember around here. And I had put a blog post out. I actually published it today. Um, and just kind of just my thoughts about not really even about nine eleven, but more about contrasting heroes of nine eleven to what we call heroes today. Um, kind of got on a soapbox there, but one thing that that I thought of was, you know, when you hear about Pearl Harbor, they say you know it's a it's a day that will live in infamy. Well, for those of us that lived through and remember nine eleven, to me that's that's my day that will live in infamy. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's almost hard for me to believe that, you know, like my kids don't know that one was alive during, you know, during that time, the others weren't even alive. So for them, how different that has to feel than, you know, than it does for us. Because like you said, I mean, the, everything shut down. We literally just sat around the office the entire day, just watching a TV. I mean, we didn't, nobody did anything, no calls, no, I mean, there was just nothing happening. Schools just basically, you know, sitting around all day watching TV. Uh, because for us, and I remember saying this to the guys that I worked with, I remember just looking at one of them and saying, guys, we're at war. I mean, we're at war now. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and I think... You know, when we talk about this and, and we experience it, it's definitely it's definitely our day, you know, as far as generation. But then thinking about, you know, through history of how different people dealt with different things. And here we are facing ours. I remember just feeling, it was the first time, I guess, I really felt like, you know, growing up in the United States, you just, you think you can't be harmed. Like nobody can safe. touch you. Yeah no, yeah. no, no other country can really touch you. Yeah. And we have enough crime inside this country on each other to, yeah. you know, to, to be scared and to worry. But in that instance, you know, it felt like, Oh my gosh, we're vulnerable. You know, that, that people can hurt us and people can yeah. hurt us bad. It's like, besides, especially after the cold war, it's like besides Russia, <laughs> you know, yeah. like who's going to mess with us. And here it was not even a country, but a, group you know a terrorist group but a gang of thugs to do that much damage and just think about all the lives that were changed and like you said my kids weren't born yet so to think they they weren't there sometimes it seems so recent that how could they not have been there you know but it was it's 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 been a while now and so the point of tonight is is you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about 9-11 but we're not gonna just focus on that day you know because we couldn't do justice to paying tribute to those those heroes that day the people that like we said, ran to the building and did all those things. But, you know, being a show that talks about God and our relationship with Jesus and stuff like that, we really want to talk about the day after. You know, when we, when we, when the world woke up the next day and, and they had time to start processing, one thing that happened was the church had a surge. There was a lot more people, especially a, that Sunday. A surge. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said this. <laughs> I thought you said the church had a search. Oh, a search. <laughs> kind of like our last show, the search for church. <laughs> now, there was a lot of people searching. Searching. Um, yeah, and, but it has surged. It had an influx of people come and be a part of the church. And so the question is, is why? Why did that happen? Yeah. And, and I think that's significant 
to this discussion, especially when we talk about a relationship with God, a spirituality, you know, trying to find out where we are in this walk with Him and, and do we want a relationship with Him. But there was a lot of people that normally were not in church that for the next few weeks, at least, made it a point to go be part of a church. And why did they do that? Why was that a focus? Mm-hmm. Why was that the reaction? I think we want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And then why didn't it last? Okay. Why are we right back to where we were? Jonathan, why do you think people immediately, one of their responses was to get to church? I think when people don't have hope or their hope is somehow um, threatened, uh, when their lives are threatened, those kind of things, when they are out of control of a situation, then they start um, they start heading toward church, you know when the, because we like controlling things. Um, <clears throat> even like I have a hard time uh, going to sleep in a car except when I'm driving. But, like, if I'm not driving, just sitting in the passenger seat, I actually have kind of a hard time falling asleep because I want to be in control right. of the car. Yeah, I can relate and, to that. Yeah, at least I have that a false sense of control because anything could go wrong and all of a sudden I'm out of control. But when we're in control, then we kind of, you know, it's like, eh, whatever. But when all of a sudden it's out of control, whether it's from terrorism or it's from sickness, incurable sickness. Uh, it's, you know, wayward kids. Um, when we're threatened, you know, but I, I would say that statistics would probably show that after some threatening event in someone's life, you know, or the loss of a loved one, you know, those kind of things, that their church attendance will will rise a little bit and then start falling off uh, if they're not, you know, if they weren't churchgoers already. And, and I think it just has to do with they're, they don't have control, so they want to go somewhere to find out who has control, maybe, or to somehow um, try to make a deal with the one who's in control. Yeah, I mean that. that yeah, because I mean, I think your automatic response is, "Well, it's it's fear; they're afraid, or things like that." But you know, I, I think you're right. I think it gets into that. that how am I supposed to respond to this? Which I I can't do anything, you know. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting because you're talking about the car. I'm the type of guy that when I get when I get on an airplane, like I know it's important for the cockpit to be locked, obviously, because of things like 9/11. But it's still, it's hard for me to relax on a plane because I, I can't fly a plane, Jonathan, but I want to be able to take control if need be. You know, yeah. like I want to be able to run in the cockpit and take control if the if something happens to the pilots, you know. And, and so, yeah, it's hard for me just to relinquish that. But, you know, we, we saw that surge to church and, you know, I think people were, were looking for answers. Uh, I think that's what we'll be told is they're trying to find answers to the situation. How do I respond to this? But in truth, I think I think you're right. I think people responded to say, "Wow, this was this is big. This is this is messing up my ideal of of the way things work." You know, uh, we're the we're the mighty United States, and this isn't supposed to happen to us. And now I have to deal with it. 
And I think a lot of us didn't know how. I mean, I'm myself included. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I, I didn't even want to go to work that night, but I was like, I have to go to work. That's what I'm supposed to do. I mean, they're not going to shut down the business. Maybe they should have. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. I'm not there to make those decisions, but just so many people, we just didn't know. Like, it seemed like the rug was just pulled out from under us. We had this mm-hmm. nice, safe place, this safe environment, and then it was taken from us. And so we respond by going to God to church to try to find these answers, to try to find this peace, to try to find this control. But why would we do that? I mean, I just think it's it's interesting why we would do that when so many people, church is not a priority. It's not They don't feel it's important where they feel church is. We discussed a lot of that last week, what, what people think about church. But yet, in a desperate time of need, that's where they run. Yeah. It tells me, and maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm thinking too deep into this. But it tells. Well, what if we're both wrong? <laughs> well, then somebody write into the show and let us know because we'd love to hear from you. But I think there's something inside of us, Jonathan, that's that's designed inside of us, inside of our DNA, that knows there is a Creator, there is a God that has control, that has mm-hmm. authority. And I think there's a natural, like our bodies, our spirits know that, and it wants to run to it, but yet our mind or our heart at times won't let it. Is that too far out there? Is that? No, I think we all have, uh, because we were made in the image of God, we're image bearers of God. I believe that he has uh, placed that upon us, that we naturally... Um, we naturally know we were created by someone. I mean, there, there's just a few things that um, we just we just know until we're taught otherwise, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, just like, and I don't want to get onto this topic, but it's it's the first one that came to mind. I've asked kids, like young kids, about hey, if if a woman had a baby in her belly and she did something to to hurt that baby or to kill that baby, would that be right or wrong? Well, wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've ne- I've asked several kids that um, and, and never has any of them answered, well, it's okay. You know, we just know in just within us that hurting another human is wrong. Right, you know, sure. and so it takes, um, it takes a, a some mental gymnastics to break our natural inclination toward that. I believe, um, but then also just our sinful nature. We desire to do our own thing, and we don't want other people or anything else to tell us what to do. And so we, I think, we just start blocking that out. And just, nah, that's not, nah, that's, no, 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 no. You know. Yeah, so the nature inside of us says there is a God. It's just whether or not we believe it or listen to it. Or, yeah, and, or and understand accept it. that as being true. Or maybe that we've been taught that it's not. Yeah. Because it can't be, because it's supernatural or it's yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I just... I just think there's something to think about that because it's like when we 
we know we're in trouble. I mean, that's what we do. But here's the truth of the matter, Jonathan, that the surge of church happened. The surge of people going and being a part of it happened, but then they stopped. And the question is, is why did they stop? Like, what what happened in that push to church? Now, we're here, and I know they, okay, first of all, we, we know there's some bad churches out there, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the whole of the church. There was there was positive messages preached. There was people loved on. There was all those types of things. But yet, after a few weeks, it kind of returned to normal. Mm-hmm. And so that's our next, why did that happen? So we know kind of why people went to church, or at least some good ideas of why. So now, why did they turn around and stop? And I think that's a question that, you know, we've been talking about church last time, and we, we get here and we talk about this. Why do people not go to church and is it because they're just uh, pardon me but lazy or is it because they don't find the importance of it or is it because their feelings are hurt in any of those situations that's not what happened here I don't think I don't think people just got lazy but what was the thing that kept them from going back stop that that need I guess yeah I just think they they, for a time, turned to the true God, the one true God, um, or at least turned to what they would think of as maybe some hope, you know, some light in the darkness, those kind of things. Uh, whether they acknowledged God truly as God or not during that that kind of influx of, of people, um, I don't know. But, you know, I think in one of the most famous scriptures of all time is John 3.16, right? Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Um, But if you look down a couple of verses, I think this is, that this kind of goes to where we're talking about, um, Those verses go on to say, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Then it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And I think that's the... uh, I think that's the the kicker there. Um, there, there our, our deeds are evil. We don't like light. We, you know, we cling to darkness. We want to hide those things. Uh, and then it says in verse twenty, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear their deeds will be exposed. So they simply. I think people simply went back to worshiping the God that they were already worshiping prior to 9-11, which was themselves. Mm. We really, we like ourselves. Sure. You know, and, and many, we, we serve a many, uh, a lowercase God um, by, by doing what we want to do. We, we exalt ourselves to uh, the position of God in our own lives. And that's 
that's where we want to be. We want to be in charge, again, being in charge. Um, we want to make our own decisions, all those kind of things. We don't want an authority in our life. We want to do what we want to do. And we know that if we kind of ask God into that, then he's going to expose things. And we don't want that because we want to keep doing what we're doing. We don't want to change. We, we, we like us. We like ourselves the way we are, you know, until we get to the point where we really, um, we realize that we're broken without him and that we have to have him. But that's a little bit different conversation. Yeah, it is. But I mean, it, it all ties here together because. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, here's the situation. We, we talked about there was a surge of people and then we're talking about the reason they leave is not because. I don't think it's because, like you said, they got bored or they just, I think you're right. I think they realize, and, and it's a reminder that um, God is the authority. And I think just like our bodies, our souls know that there is a God, uh, whether we want our minds to believe it at times or not, is it also knows the need for him and the need for his authority in our lives. And as we go spend time with God, one of the things he's going to do is remind us of our need for his authority in our lives. And Jonathan, I, you know, I think a lot of people just get tired of being told what to do, right? You know, I go to work, I get told what to do. I mean, um, in school, when I was a kid, I always got told what to do. Darn it, now I want to be free. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And truth is, is when you start building a relationship with God, I think that, like you said, the hardest thing for people to let go of is I don't get to do whatever I want to anymore. And, well, that's no fun. Or I've been spending this whole time, you know, yeah. being under somebody else's rule, and now now you're telling me i got to give up myself again to God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's different. It's not you're not under the rule of another individual, another sinful man or woman or whoever. You're under the rule of the creator God, the one true God who has no sin, who's known no sin and desires for peace and joy in your life. Yeah. And and you're under you know, you're under submission to one who um to one who loves you more than any being in the universe. Mm-hmm. There's nobody on planet Earth that loves you any more than than he does. So it's it's not like your um, boss at work that that and you may have an awesome boss, but at the end of the day, your boss needs you for what you can provide. Yeah, you know, God doesn't. He doesn't look at us that way. Um, he he loves us for who we are, not what we can do. And uh, so why would you be worried about what a what someone who loves you completely would do? You know, they're not going to ask you to do something that's going to um, I, I don't want to say hurt you because God often places us in in places that are, you know, maybe dangerous or, you know, I mean, people have lost their lives for the gospel. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at eternity versus, you know, the, the temporary, then it, it, it kind of changes our perspective a little bit. But he is never going to do anything 
that would eternally harm us. He's not going to do anything that would intentionally injure as far as emotionally, spiritually, those kind of things. Uh, he wants the best for us. Um, you know, there's scripture that talks about that all things work together for our good. Um, for those, for those of us who love God. Um, so he's working all those things out for good and it's for our own good. So, uh, it's not like we are trading one slave driver for another. Right. You know, yeah. we're trading the one who hates you is is Satan. Satan hates you. Satan wants to destroy you. Um, and we are fooled into thinking that we're doing things on our own and for ourselves. But but that's the trap, you know. And in the end, uh, Satan wants nothing more to, than to destroy you. God wants to free you. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you all of these things. But yet, we won't turn things over to him. You know, we want to keep control because we we don't understand um, all that, that he has for us and, that you know, the love that he has for us. So, so, so what I'm processing tonight, Jonathan, as we sit here is, um, especially after last, again, I keep going back to the last conversation we had. If you didn't want a part of it, go go listen to that one too, because it just correlates a lot with this one, the search for church. Um, but as we, we sit here and keep talking about this, I just can't help but think, I think about the time, I think about how people rush to God. And I even think about my own testimony is my dad was sick and my dad lost a battle with ALS and it led me to God. Yeah. Um, that, that so many times tragedy happens and that that's what, and people's spirit chases after God. And that's so many what bring people to him because then they start experiencing that peace and joy that he has to offer that salvation, that redemption. Um, but what I'm hearing is, is the thing that keeps us from a relationship with God or with being a part of a church, okay, is people always say it's because of the church. The church is, did me wrong. The church is not convenient. I need, you know, um, my feelings were hurt. I don't like the way the church says this, or I don't like what this church did to me when I had long hair or anything like that. There's lots of instances we can go through of why people don't go to church. But the truth is, the reason if you're anti-church or having a struggle with that relationship with God, where you you may even believe He's there, He's real, it's 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 you, right? Yeah, it's you. And I know that's not probably the, the funnest thing to hear, but if you're feeling separated from God, or if you feel like you can't find Him, you don't know Him, or you're not going to go to church, that's not God, and that's not the church. Mm-hmm. That's you. Mm-hmm. And that's your desire to be the authority in your own life. You make the decisions. Yeah. You know what's best. And doggone it, you don't. You just don't. None of us do. I I don't know what's best for my life. Mm. If I did, I'd be some. I'd be in a. <laughs> if I would have went on some of the tangents I thought I was going to do in life, it would have been a whole different story. But man, we just—it's just that that difficult decision 
to say, God, I don't understand you. God, I don't know you, but yet I'm going to to give you some authority in my life. And maybe that's a small bit, and maybe it's going to grow as you grow. But if you're struggling with that, it's, it's, it's you. I mean, God's too consistent. God's too real. God's too everything for it to be him. It's not him. Right. Yeah, I mean, he he is the... He is the standard. He is the he is the one holy. You know, we're the the messed up ones. Um, but just just like it says there in John three, people love darkness instead of light because our our deeds are evil. Um, and, and that's the that's the like it says there. It's that is the verdict. You know, yeah. we we want to choose evil instead of good. We want to do what we want to do. Um, we we shun authority. We don't want someone else telling us what to do, um, and, and especially God, because if you have any ideas, um, kind of any truth about God, you know that He is all righteous. Well, we're not, so that already is like, eh. You know, we get defensive about it. We don't want to. You know, who are you to tell me that I'm doing wrong? Well. <laughs> He's your creator. You know, yeah. He has that authority, and we don't like that. So, yeah, it's it's definitely us. God is God is doing. Um, God has has brought about the plan, um, the plan of redemption. He has laid out the gospel, uh, which means good news. You know, he is there is good news. There is forgiveness of sins. There is redemption. There is all of these things. Everything to restore and and to create a relationship between us and him is set into place he's already done it all we just have to to answer his call and it and come to him you know and that's that's the that's that's the only part of it and and this could go into a humongous tangent um and and some of you will this will irk a little bit, but our only part in that is, is the decision to follow, you know, mm-hmm. um, some will say that that's not even our decision, but that's a, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. That, that was for sure. Like, another podcast. like not an epi- episode. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess where I just want to go with this, this idea of land the plane tonight is, you know, a terrible thing happened as, as we just remembered nine eleven and, and the tragedy, and and, and I, I do. It's something I always remember and always honor those who have, you know, lost their lives today. The heroes and, and everything that's involved with it. But when we get into talking about our relationship with God, is is so many times we run to Him when we're hurting, we're lost, and we're confused. And then when we start to feel a little bit better, we want to take, we 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 stray and we and we step away. Uh, but the truth is, is you know, giving up authority to him is hard. Saying no to yourself and saying yes to him is difficult. I get that. But some of my greatest joys with God is not when I was hurting and he rescued me. Now, he, he loves us and he's going to be there for you and he's going to carry you through situations when you need him to. Yes, all those things, that's great. But some of my greatest moments and times with him has been when things have been good. When I experience that true peace and joy that he offers, 
when I just have that continual relationship with him and just just really, you know, just experiencing him in a different way, not just when I'm hurting, not just when I need a shoulder to cry on, but when I just want to experience the most of life and just serving him and, and, and reaching out in love to others and just sharing the good news. I mean, it's just a powerful thing that that to me is is when you start saying no to yourself and you start saying yes to him, you start giving up that authority. You'll never experience it until you start doing that. And one of the ways you can do that is to say, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go experience worship. I'm going to go be a part of a body of Christ and I'm going to I'm going to put some aside some of my fears, my my thoughts, my hurts. I'm going to put those aside and say, God, you're bigger than that. And I want to see what all you have to offer. And I want to see, um, I want to experience that on my life. And it's going to say, it's going to take a no, say a no to yourself and saying yes to him and, 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 and sticking with it and experiencing it. But I mean, that's what, that's where it leads me tonight. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I just thought of something too, that, um, you know, talking about that, whatever it is that would drive you to, you know, to church. Um, and a lot of times it is uh, emotional stuff that we've got going on, issues in our life, issue, you know, whatever. Um, and then after the kind of that storm maybe has passed, uh, we get back out. The problem is we're going to be doing the same thing that we we're probably doing that got ourselves into the situation to start with. Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, obviously, terrorist attack, those kind of things. I mean, that's different, but that's also not normal. Those aren't the normal things that that bring people to to church. Uh, it's usually them waking up one morning and thinking, "My life is a disaster right now. I need to, you know, what can I do? Okay, I'll go to church." And then after a few weeks, maybe something a little bit changes, whatever. It's literally like going to the going to the doctor. You got a sinus infection or something, and you they put you on antibiotics. You take two or three over the course of a couple of days. Oh, I'm feeling better. I'm going to stop taking the antibiotics. Well, then what happens? The infection just yep, rears sick. back up because you never killed it. You know, so you didn't fix the problem. You just um, kind of smoothed over the symptoms for a little bit. And the same way with church, if you're just going to try to find some kind of quick fix or something that will soothe over the symptoms, the problem is, is the sickness is still there and it's you, you're your biggest problem, like kind of what we were saying earlier. Um, and, And until that changes and, and Christian, you know, and you become a Christian, you become a follower of Christ and so that he can come in and, and change things, then you're still in the same situation. Yeah. You know, that's sure. that's not changing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just like a, a kid that doesn't learn their lesson after the first 10 times, you know, got to keep on going and going and going and going and going. Or me, the first 10 times. <laughs> then <clears throat> it's like, well, until you change something, nothing's going to change. Yeah. And, and so until you give it up, and you accept Christ and you change your life, allow him to change your life, then you're the common denominator. 
you're going to keep messing it up. Yep, yep, I totally agree with that. And um, I guess that does it for today's show. A little bit maybe more somber show than we normally do. Um, But, you know, with the occasion and what we're talking about, uh, I hope you picked up on the seriousness of it and just remember this day and remember how, you know, of course, honor those that have fallen. But uh, in your own life, just use it as an opportunity to look at yourself spiritually and say, what do you need to do? Where's your struggles? And uh, maybe is giving that authority over to somebody else, to God. And take the opportunity to to start – thanking first responders too. Oh yeah. You know, when you, when you see firemen, when you see police officers out, uh, when you see veterans, um, you know, those people who put their lives on the line every day, not just on nine 11, right. You know, they, they don't just run into, into burning buildings. Um, had those guys not been doing that all along, they wouldn't have done it that day, mm-hmm. you know? And exactly. so we we're in a, <clears throat> we've got, great people in our community uh, that serve us every day. Thank them. Right. You know, they will They will really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Well, join us on social media. Uh, anywhere you found this podcast, uh, Facebook, at, uh, Land the Plane Today, Instagram, Land the Plane Today. We're over on tw- Twitter at uh, Land the Plane 247. Uh, go check us out. And like Jonathan said earlier, uh, tell us, where were you that day? And, you know, what were some of the thoughts that you may have had over the next few weeks? We'd love to hear it and be a part of it. But uh, next week, or you can also, let me say this, you can send us an email too, land the plane yeah. today at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, But next week, next 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 show, Jonathan, we're going to do something a little more fun. I don't know what it is, but I'm putting the pressure on us. We're going to do something fun. a little more fun. We're going to turn the tables. And uh, But, you know, hey, this was important. Go out there yeah. and share it. We'd we really love it if you'd share it because we think this is a message that, that a lot of people need to hear, especially around this time of year. So so go out there and share it and encourage somebody with it. We would greatly appreciate that, and uh, that would be a, a great thing for you to do. So. All right, guys. All right. Thanks until, for listening. Until next time. We'll see you.